1: Thank <laughs> you.
0: Welcome to the first ever episode of Draft Sickos on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I am one of your resident Draft Sickos. I am Maxwell Baumbach. I'm joined by another Draft Sicko, Stephen Gillespie. Stephen, how are you doing tonight?
1: Um, hey, Draft Sicko, how are you doing? Draft I'm Sicko, doing this is this is fun. This is fun. I'm having fun already, man. Uh, I'm excited for the new show. Obviously, people who have been listening in knew that this day was coming. They just didn't know what they were coming to Maxwell. So like I've had all this like secrecy pin up. I'm like a very open person. So it was hard, but I'm glad we're here and I'm glad that we get to celebrate the unveiling of our new show, man.
0: For sure. For sure. So if you were somebody who listened to us on draft deeper, um, I think you're going to like what, what we're cooking up over here. It's going to be pretty similar in terms of the types of conversations that we have, the depths that we're going to go into Um, with draft sickos. What we're looking to do is, kind of just continue on the mission that, that Steven and I have at, at, and the whole crew at no ceilings have, which is to cover the whole hog of the NBA draft. So we're going to go deep on the biggest names and biggest stars in this draft. And we're going to go and cover the deepest of sleepers as well. And everybody in between. So um, when we get into the glut of the season, uh, we're going to devote time every week we're gonna have the sicko session part of the podcast where we're covering like a, a guy way further down boards that we're interested in maybe a guy that's a multi-year guy that isn't even ready for this year's draft uh, but we're still going to cover the winners of the weekend keep it super topical whose stock is rising who's up who's down and do some feature focus on players that, that we're writing about and, and focusing on in the coming week so whether you are Way deep in the weeds, or you're just coming to figure out, like, hey, who had a, who had a big week in the draft world? Like, it's it's gonna have something for everybody, and it's gonna be yeah. thorough for everybody, regardless of of what you're coming for.
1: And I think you know, it kind of you know, again, for the people who have been with us since draft deeper, you know, appreciate the the continued followership, and I think that's one thing that we prided ourselves on already. It's just mm-hmm. you know, now we get to kind of uh, package it up a little bit differently, and you know, Corey, the, our resident art guru at no ceilings did a fantastic job i'm excited for the 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 new branding look but you know like you said maxwell this is just an opportunity for us to continue to doing or continue to do the things that we've already been doing and kind of rebrand the show to make it a little bit unique and special Uh, you're you're not going to get the content that you're going to get here pretty much anywhere else man so i'm excited to see what you know as we continue these series like the one that we're starting today how that continues to look for us man for sure. And that's something that we both talked about before we were even with no ceilings. Is like I think
0: one of the things that really drew us to the draft space and drove us into making content in the draft space was that if you want to know about the guys at the top, it's pretty easy to find information. Yeah. There's there's, you know, all the all the big websites, there's the college websites, whatever that, that cover those guys in in a lot of detail. But if you want to learn about guys that are, you know, second round picks or undrafteds or guys that are coming out of nowhere really quick, but there hasn't been a lot of media coverage on them yet. It can be hard to kind of find that stuff. And and that's an area that I think we really shine is kind of getting ahead of the curve uh, on some of those kind of players. And just having having the, the the crew that we do and having so many guys were able to cover so much ground that uh, you know it's obviously a goal for, for all of us at No Ceilings, but a goal of ours in particular. And we're going to start to do that. We're going to do, um, in the coming weeks, we're going to do a really in-depth player preview series. So we're gonna cover everybody on G League Ignite. We're gonna cover the top international prospects. A couple episodes on the top freshmen, uh, the top returners, some sleepers mixed in with both of those. We got some sleeper freshmen. It was so funny. I made a list. I was like, "We'll keep it to ten guys an episode." <laughs> and then both of us were like, "Actually, I want to throw in this guy and this guy." Like we went through our boards and like took yep. the top guys on there. And then we, we we the sicko part just took over. The sick we can't escape it. It's just a part of us.
1: We have to refrain because you know, like we you and I, we can talk, you know, in a, such a loving manner with players that are in our three and 400 range. And be like, well, let's <laughs> get yeah, yeah, a yeah. chance. Like if they do this, this, mm-hmm. and this, you know, especially the freshmen. And I know that when we get to the sleeper portion, I think that's where people uh, do do appreciate what we do, Maxwell. And I know that we both mm-hmm. get messaged on the side and get talked to a lot Um, when we do get to meet people as well. Like they appreciate mm-hmm. what we bring to the table. And, you know, even from – even from the non-fan side, right? Like we, we have some people listening to the show that matter in the basketball space, you know, yeah. and they themselves have said, you know, they appreciate the fact that we don't just hone in on, on the, uh, the top guys, man. And that, sure. that's just like, we wear that like a badge of honor. So I'm yeah. glad that we to to market ourselves accordingly now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like the biggest compliment that we get from people in the basketball world
0: for sure. Um, and speaking of that, let's, Speaking of the basketball world, you were you were knee deep in the basketball world this week. Yeah. So let's let's get to today's topic a little bit here. You were at the Overtime Elite Pro Day. Um mm-hmm. so we're gonna kind of go piece by piece and talk about some of the guys that really stood out uh to you at this event. But let's just start big picture. Um, you've been to Overtime's uh headquarters and facilities and everything before. How's everything looking there? And what are what's kind of the vibe around the program right now? Because it feels like they're maybe shifting more to the high school focus as opposed to being a, a draft route, uh, if you will. What what was kind of going on on the ground? What were the feelings and, and thoughts in the air?
1: Well, so man, like Overtime is super proud of what they have done and what they're looking to continue to do. I mean, even in this year's draft class, you know, we talk about Alex Sarr, and mm-hmm. that was his old stomping grounds as yep. LTE. And one thing I was curious about is like, what's the vibe now that, you know, he's, he's stepped away and now he is like in this big spot and he's potentially going to be the number one draft pick. They're incredibly proud that he spent time there, you it know, and be, that they yeah. were able to, and and they were able to give him a lot of things. And, you know, to a certain degree, the Thompson twins, you know, garnered a lot of the attention, rightfully so they were both, you know, top 10 picks this year in the, in the draft. And, Alex Sar was kind, of, and, and there's other players too, like Tyler Smith for the for the Ignite. Like a lot of players who are now getting a lot of attention, like started their work there in OTE, and and they're incredibly proud of that, you know. And I think sometimes we have a tendency, like Maxwell, you and I are both wrestling fans, right? So like mm-hmm. when Cody Rhodes leaves AEW and goes to WWE, there's a big contingent of fans that are like, "See, he would have never have done this in this place and this and this," mm-hmm. but like. Both brands could be proud of like the guy for doing everything that he is and I, I look yeah. at I look at the basketball world a lot like that too where overtime was was proud for SAR but this year was so much fun, man. like they did things a little bit differently than they did last year and I think because they're in their in their youth stages and their developmental stages that they get to experiment a little bit you know and mm-hmm. just the way that the interviews done were a little bit different but a little bit more fun this year, I would say. Um, the product on the court is just as fun to watch. You know, They still have some of their elder statesmen who we're going to be talking about here, here soon, but the vibe is, man, they're excited for the year. They got a lot of guys that they're proud of, a lot of guys that are going to be NBA players. It's just mm-hmm. it might not be this year that they're on their way to doing so, and if so, they might have to take a little bit prolonged path as opposed to being a top 10 player, but they're developing future NBA players, and that's something to be excited about yeah and i th- i think i think there was a lot of
0: confusion about OTE last year because like yeah. the thompson twins didn't shoot all that well right and mm-hmm. everyone was like oh they need to shoot better or whatever and then i think that turned into the thompson twins didn't make an improvement that we were really hoping to see them make so the yeah. league is bad is i think how mm-hmm. a lot of people look at they're like oh the league is is failing it's bad they're not developing these players and it's like okay well you look at what alex star has become you look at you know, this starts the guy like Dominic Barlow his yeah. made, where he just looks like a monster at summer league. A guy like Jay-Zion Gortman, who like really surprised people during the pre-draft process, with no like you can't even be like, oh, well, he spent time with an NBA organization, whatever. Like, I think I think the quality of player was a lot better than people yeah. realized in that league last year. And I think guys like Almansa and guys like Sar, now just going straight from there to playing you know, professional basketball and just kind of piecing people up. It's like, well, those, those guys were in the same league as the Thompson's last year. Like the quality of player that is in OTE is really high. And I think just because the style of play, I think some people get overly hung up on the presentation being different and they just assume that means it's bad. Uh, it's it's just the packaging. It's just the packaging that the basketball is coming in. Just because there's somebody on a house microphone, you know, making some comments <laughs> that doesn't that does not change the quality of play that's happening on the court. Is it as structured as an NBA game? No, the house style is a little bit different, Um, but the quality of play and the talent level is still really high. Um So yeah.
1: Kind of, oh, sorry. They go ahead. get they get a lot of really good coaching there, and I think I think if people actually went to these events, and a lot of people do, I think that's why you see. Some of the more prominent, you know, NCAA coaches going there and being heavily interested in who's competing in these competitions and and the representative from every NBA team at these games. And like, this is supposed to be like a down year for them. Like, they're still drawing a lot of important people in the basketball space. And if you tour these facilities, man, like, you know that it's a no nonsense place. They are. Everything is in house. They don't have to worry about going to class at, at ten hundred, you know, at ten o'clock in the morning or anything like that. And then trying to make these two days like they come, they come to these to this campus to work. They have school on on campus, like within the the facility, building, like yeah. a place of school. Yeah, it's like they don't have to hop all around campus. They're not under a microscope. Microscope, like the people that they're working with aren't like you know in awe because like. Oh, after class today, I'm gonna to go watch you play basketball and like staring at them, like everybody they're around is a consummate professional and they they know how to be a pro. And that's evident, like you said, by the players that are now in these professional leagues looking to get drafted this year. They have been prepped for that because they went to the OTE and they're surrounded by the quality people that they have. Yeah. Um I
0: think that's a great point to make as well. So we're gonna kind of get into um some of the standouts from the event so the way that we kind of formatted it this week is Stephen kind of picked the guys that he thought were the were the big standouts i kind of went in and watched some film so i'm gonna give my thoughts on them kind of quick and then Stephen will kind of walk through more in depth and talk about what he saw up close in person the newer things because i'm working off you know film from a season ago or over the sure. summer in some cases so uh Samto Cyril was the guy that's right at the top of the list here he is six foot ten with a seven seven wingspan uh Not only that, he's 241 pounds, and he's been around that size for a while, too. Like Mm -hmm. He looks like a grown man. Class of 2024, he is the 68th-ranked prospect in 24-7 sports. In that class, uh, he had a smaller role on a Cold Hearts team last season, but like if you look at the plus-minus numbers, they were really good when he was on the floor. He offensively, a little bit limited, um, but he lives at the basket in a good way. Grown man finisher, grows it goes up really strong, um, has some nice little pump fakes uh to get guys off balance, get himself cleaner looks, and he's an above-the-rim finisher. In some ways, I think he's I think he's a much better athlete than this guy. The offensive game reminds me a little bit of Kofi Coburn
1: mm. in
0: some ways, and that it's like there's there's a little bit of craft to get your own, but he's not really a great passer. Um doesn't have a ton of ball skills, uh, low assist guy, kind of poor free throw shooter. I, I think those are the that's the kind of the room for growth because he is lighter and so much longer and moves so much better than Coburn, though. I, I think the ceiling's a lot higher. Uh, and I think his defense is a lot better than Coburn's is too. So we'll get to that outstanding shot blocker. Like the block mm-hmm. numbers were silly last year. I think he'd play like 20 minutes a game. And I think he still almost average around two blocks a game. There'd be games where he's playing 19 minutes and get four blocks. So yeah, uh, good rotational awareness, solid laterally for his size can like sit down and move with guys at times. Like guards would test him from time to time and it would not go well for them. So what did, what did you kind of see from him in person heading into this new season?
1: well he was one of the guys that i'm most excited to see because he's a carryover from last year you know he's one of the elder statesmen at the program and he's tremendously proud of that you know like he he the the thing that i like about the ote is like all these guys are like on different teams but they're all team ote like they build Mm -hmm. each other up so when they're running these drills and someone gets cooking like everybody is on their feet cheering like and and it's just it's a contagious environment to be around assomto is one of these guys and i think that speaks to the leadership qualities that he already has at such a young age which is very important you want to see especially big men maxwell how often do we see big men that you're concerned about the enthusiasm the motor the intensity and things mm-hmm. like that santo is one of these of yeah he, he has like a motor that just doesn't stop and he's and he's extremely professional you know his athleticism pops and when you watch him it just when you just see him stand on the court, it reminds me of a guy that we saw, you know, Jalen Duran. He kind of like body-wise reminds me a little bit of him where it's just like you look at him and you're like, okay, this dude's got a pro body. Like he's mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, one of the things that impressed me was during these drills to touch around the rim because he will, he will try to rip the rim off of the backboard whenever he dunks, right? So when you see a big man that can do that, naturally your mind wanders to say, okay, like his hands must be pretty hard. Like how does he look around the basket? When I'm watching their individual drills and they're kind of shuttling from from block to block and having to do these quick, quick uh touch, touch shots around the basket, like incredibly soft. I I think he might have missed two out of a whole bunch of shots that he took. So I'm encouraged to see that at least the touch around the rim, it's not just limited to stuffing my elbow into the into the basket, Vince Carter style, right? Mm-hmm. Um his free throw shooting was actually pretty encouraging whenever I was watching them when they're doing these and um, drills, which I know that's that naturally, hear, yeah. naturally the thing that we want to talk about when we say, okay, big man, they shoot free throws, like how far can that range extend? Unfortunately, we didn't get an opportunity to see him pull up for for three that much, and didn't really need to. You know what I mean? Like his impact mm-hmm. on the game when they're running their three on three, four on four, and then team versus team scrimmages, like he's most impactful when he's around the basket, and that's totally fine. Like not every big man, even in today's NBA, they don't have to extend their range beyond the three-point line. So I was encouraged to see, though, that the touch around the rim and the free throw touch was was there for him. Um, you can see, though, Maxwell, you touched on the the passing. It was encouraging to watch him in this pro day because you can see that he's experimenting with the playmaking, especially out of the short roll, wherever he's setting these, these pick and rolls and diving to the basket, looking for those corner kicks. Now, I'll say that not everyone was on, on time and on target, Some of them were a little high. Some of them were a little low, but a lot of them were right where they needed to be for the shooter. So it's encouraging. You want to see you want to see people try stuff out. You know, that's one of the things about uh, Corey when he's, you know, giving breakdowns and stuff. He says, you know, you want to see guys try some stuff that they that way that you can see know what they are good at and see how far along they are in terms of development in those areas. I want to ask you, Maxwell, because this is one of the questions, you know, when I'm talking to some of the scouts and, you know, coaches and stuff like that at these events, you know, anyone that I was talking to about I said, how do you feel about evaluating him in this environment? Because John Jackson is like the next biggest guy that they have, but he's yeah. not as mobile. And then uh-huh. there's some other guys like John Bowl, who we'll talk about a little bit later on, who are tall, but they're not physically imposing. So. He's in like this unique state where he is the most mobile slashed physically imposing big man at the OTE. So how do you yeah. how do you compare him and, and his skill set in this environment? It's it's tough, right? Because I
0: think in some ways it almost takes certain things off the table for him. Like right. I I mentioned earlier, like I'd, I'd like to see some more skill things from him. Um, in a way, it almost doesn't make sense for him to really be showing off some of that stuff because what he yeah. should be doing is just putting guys under the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anytime that there's a guy where I feel like they're a physical outlier, what I want to see is as much dominance as possible. Um, because he's pretty limited in terms of that skill set, I don't know how dominant he can be, but I want to see is a really high level of, of efficiency. I, I think that with that extra size and really bulk um he should not have problems finishing around the basket in this league i need to see that i want to see him continue to block shots and continue to be an imposing defender Uh, but i want to see it for longer periods of time because like you mentioned last year he was more of like a 20 minutes a game guy than a guy who you know played played the entire game Uh, i want to see him stay out of foul trouble i want to see him just kind of rein things in but what i really want to see is is him to just make it Make remind me every single game that that he does not have a physical equal in this league that that's really what i'd like to see from him um yeah i mean getting into the smaller stuff it is it is the passing it is that handle um if he's yeah like operating in handoff can he turn the corner on a guy can he uh you know run some zoom action kind of stuff like that's the kind of stuff i want to see out of him um but just on a game by game basis i really want to know that that people can't touch him is, is the biggest thing that he can do to, to help himself in my eyes.
1: Well, I mean, he, and, and again, like there are no shortage of like college and professional teams at these events, right? Like it was crazy to see how many people showed up for, for this event compared to last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's got a shot to really stand out. It's just, it's really like I, like I said, I was asking so many people cause I'm like, just for, for my own professional development It's like, are you guys looking at him compared to the rest of the big men in this class dude he has there's no equal for him and maybe that speaks to how good of a talent he is or maybe that speaks to the the skill group around him you know at his position so if if the ot has taught us anything though is like he's probably really good if he's being featured at their program you know so that that's where i tend to lean like i I'm really high on him. I think in terms of like where people are putting OTE talent, I have him in a range where like I could easily move him up and be like in the conversation for like priority undrafted free agent, or maybe even a second round flyer, depending on the team. I just, Mm -hmm. I have concerns on like how to evaluate that. And that's something that I kind of have to keep my finger on the pulse on while they're prolonging or while they're continuing their season. For sure. For sure. So we're going to go
0: into somebody else who is, kind of similarly just an outlier physically, just a really <laughs> guy that you don't see a lot of people built. Like that's uh Nathan Missy, a Dio. Uh, he is graduated from high school. I believe is he draft eligible or yeah, was he? he is. Okay. Got it. Yep. So he is draft eligible. Um, six foot nine and the most eye popping measurement of the day it's six foot nine, seven, seven and a half wingspan. Yes. That is, uh, pretty outrageous. Uh, 223 pounds as well. So, the physical profile is excellent, um, and the motor is really good too. He's mm-hmm. very, very long, very disruptive. Covers ground well, high motor, um, big long strides when he's when he's going to the rim. Uh, Hands on defense really active. He's tough to shoot over because he gets up from the floor really quickly when he's springing to contest. Smart instincts is a weak side rim protector. So there's all, all the things you'd want defensively. I feel like are, are kind of there with him the offense is where the things come into question. Um he can dribble a little bit, um and he's a good finisher which you would expect with that kind of physical profile. The shot it doesn't look busted but like the the form itself doesn't, but the results kind of do. There is some mm-hmm. real inaccurate misses and things like that. Uh so I think that's kind of the big question with him. Where were you at after getting a look at him in person? Cuz he's one of these guys that like you know that teams are going to talk themselves into like anytime yeah. you see somebody with these kind of physical gifts, like teams so badly want to, to believe and kind of give the benefit of the doubt. Um, how, how close is he is, I guess kind of the question that I'll ask you.
1: Uh, he Maxwell, you kind of have turned me on to this type of phrasing. He's going to be one of the most interesting A to B prospects mm-hmm. in this class because he, he much like Samto or one of the elder statesmen of the overtime program. Like he's been there since the beginning. Um, when he got there, he couldn't speak English. Now is very fluent. Like so I got tough. to speak e- exactly like, you know, so like overcoming the language barrier and things like that. Um, but I spoke to him in like very fluent English. Like I think he speaks better than I do in English and <laughs> this is my native tongue. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, overtime is so enthusiastic about him. You know, I was talking to, um, a few people there, um, you know, who, who's the guy that you're most excited about? Nathan was the guy that they kept bringing up because of the measurements, you know, when went to shake his hands. Mm. It felt like he was going to crush me. You yes. know, <laughs> like he's a, he, he's just like a very mm. physically imposing dude. Um, and he has like the split personality where he's like he's one of those the most soft spoken people. That you can get around, but when you're on the court and you see him in these drills, he wants much like Santo. He wants to rip the rim right off the basket. He's screaming and yelling the entire time, and then he's just like this mild kind of manner, like, "Hey, what's up? You know, happy to happy to talk to you, type of guy." But in in terms of defense, I think he's ready. You know, he yeah. um, when I'm watching him during these runs, he can swallow up a ball handler easily, and he's got the footwork to stay with him. You know, again, the 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 people at OTE are very high on him potentially as a two-way player um, this year, if not a second-round pick, because of the defensive intensity and some of the ball skills that he has that you mentioned. Like the ball skill isn't like he's not Paul George out there, you know what I mean? Like, but Mm -hmm. he can do some stuff with the ball in his hands. He has a couple go-to moves, especially when he's around the rim. The thing that you touched on is the thing that everybody's going to talk about with him when they do. Is the shot, you know, when I'm sitting there and I'm talking with, you know, some of the people that I'm there with and like, hey, have you noticed that the shot looks different every time? Maxwell, I'm telling you, like he had a narrow base for multiple stretches during the during the warm ups. He had some wide bases, you know, he did the knee knock a couple of times. His release point was over his shoulder and then in front of his face during the warm ups. But then, Maxwell, Mm -hmm. we get to the gameplay he's much more comfortable in the gameplay because I think that he's not focused on like being a little aspect of the for shot. Every, Exactly. And so, uh, you know, I'm talking to some of the coaches there and he's like, he's much better in game player than he is at practice right now. And that's something that they're focusing on, but the shot he connected on a good amount, I would say during the gameplay. Um, But compared to, to some of the drills and stuff where like he's shooting with other shooters and stuff like that, like uh Samis Calderon, some of these guys with beautiful shooting motion. He was experimenting a little bit. So I think that the three-point shot is going to be his the, the key to how high teams are going to be willing to take him, which makes mm-hmm. sense in today's uh, NBA. But I'm telling you, man, that defense is there. I think defensively he's ready and he's physically imposing. He just – we need to see some consistency in the three-point shot really um, mm-hmm. unlock his potential. For sure, for sure.
0: Um, so we're going to get to this next guy. I was so excited to see this guy's name on the list because he's like – one of my favorites. So yep. uh this guy is Trey Parker. He is a class of 2024 prospect. Now he was class of 2023. He reclassed. I do believe he's still con- uh committed to NC State. Um, mm-hmm. he is one of these smaller guards, but he is six foot one, but he does have a six-seven wingspan, which is like what Marcus Sasser has, for example. Okay. Um, he is ranked 84th in his class on 24-7 sports. Uh, so the first time I saw Trey Parker was at an event a couple of years ago. It was like a grassroots thing called the battle. Um, and I believe he was either on or against Mikey Williams or Mikey Williams is in that same event. This is one when everyone was still like, Mikey Williams is the greatest, whatever it's two years ago. <laughs> yeah. And like at the time I remember being like, if I just watched this like event and I didn't know who was ranked higher, I would think it was Trey Parker. Like, mm-hmm. and at the time I think his only offer was from like, nc central it was like some like, tiny tiny d1 yeah. at the time but like just not only like was he like flashier than like the guy who has the big instagram following but i thought he was i thought he was more skilled uh to be frank his motor ran a lot hotter too but outrageous leaper the biggest of big time athletes at six foot one obscene dunker crazy 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 above the rim finisher uh but has a shot too. 34 mm-hmm. from deep last season uh and he was taking a lot of tough ones off the dribble um with the shot difficulty, the shooting volume, and then the fact that he is around 80% at the line, which is a great number for a kid his age. Um growing as a playmaker can can make some draw-dropping plays, but really needs to kind of clean up those mistakes a little bit. And despite his kind of speed and burst, he doesn't pressure the rim as much as I'd like in the half court. Got to fill out that frame so you can finish among the trees a little bit better. Uh, and on defense, he, he's going to get size mismatched because he is on the thinner side and he is smaller. Uh, but there's some good stuff with the speed where he's able to kind of get into people's handles really quickly or, or dart into a passing lane. Uh, where are you at with uh, with Trey Parker?
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of in and out on whether or not he's, uh, you know, do I do I evaluate him and compare some players with this class or do I maybe look at him for next year? Um, but I think, well, first off, let's talk about the speed because it makes sense that he's, Maybe committed to NC State. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of tur- a lot of Turk in his game. You know, yeah, quicker yeah, than a hiccup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shot making, uh, shot making, the thinness, but the competitiveness, yeah. like the things that you wouldn't expect a guy his frame to to be trying to do on the floor. Mm-hmm. Trey does it. Now he's very fast, very shifty. His his jump shot looked really nice during warm up. So when I saw the percentages that that he shot for his team last year. So pleasantly surprised because the, the the form, the release, the fluidity, the mechanics, they they all look great. So I was really, um, I guess, encouraged to see where the shot has improved um, since already, you know, working with uh, OTE a little bit. I'll tell you, Maxwell, he hit, I was watching him from across the court, right? So when OTE does their, their drills, there's like, you know, both sides are running drills at the same time with different groups. I'm watching their group in front of me. And then I see Trey coming up, and here's how you can tell who the good players are in the OTE. They were all wearing pink shoes, right? Like all the like all the <laughs> top all the top mm-hmm. guys that you know are going to do something were wearing pink shoes. So I see Trey and his pink shoes come up, and I'm watching him with the ball. And Maxwell, when I'm telling you that he covered so much ground on this like James Harden-esque like step back three that which went in, by the way, it happened so fast. It's like mm-hmm. there's no way that this guy is not going to be good because he. I'm telling you, he was on the right wing, took like a step, like drove to the elbow, hit the step back, and was on the other side, like on the left side of the arc. After that step back, and the shot goes in. Like that's not stuff that just any player can do. So I was mesmerized just watching him move on the court. Um, he looks like he is small, though. I got a chance to stand next to him, and mm-hmm. I myself am six foot. So I'm standing mm-hmm. at him. I'm like six one. Might be a little bit gracious. Maybe depending on the shoes yeah. that he's wearing. But again, very young man, very capable of hitting a growth spurt. Mm -hmm. Um, But defensively, I was very encouraged to see the activity that he's willing to put out because whenever he's running these drills and like the big man gets the ball, like say something gets the ball on the block. Like he is super comfortable with his speed and his capability to where he can gamble to kind of like poke and prod at the ball and still recover to get to his man. I wasn't worried about that type of stuff that he can do as far as being a help defender. But the thing that I was a little concerned with is how the, his propensity to get caught ball watching a little bit, like say the, say his man passed to one of the wings and the ball handler kind of like gravitated to the corner when he's getting in his help and his deny stance, he would watch the ball and his man would kind of get to the arc on the other side mm-hmm. for like a skip pass. And sometimes the speed was enough to help him recover. And sometimes it was enough to get him in trouble to wear a simple up fake On that recovery, caught him napping a little bit. So, um, watching his tendencies on the defensive end, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of young guys do. And I think that he has the physical tools to be a really good defender for his position. It's just he's got a little bit of work to do on that side of the ball, which, again, I think is like a natural tendency for a player of his age. For sure. For sure.
0: So we are going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We've got some of the big dogs in the program still to come. We've got some really exciting, interesting players coming up in this next segment as well. So stay tuned with us. We will be right back. All right. We are back and we are going to talk about Ja'Kai Howard. Who is so, so, so exciting. He is 6'5 yes. and a half, uh, wingspan just under 6'10, class of 2024, 85th ranked player in that class for 24 um, 7. Really good athlete and very exciting playmaker for himself. He really thrives in transition, good at the rim, whether it's the half court or in transition. Um, shot a little bit suspect. Didn't do great at the free throw line last year, but the sample size was pretty small defensively he has every tool in the world that you could ask for, for somebody who's kind of like a two or a three makes a lot of plays on defense, gets into passing lanes. uh, will meet players at the rim, still 174 pounds. It's six, six, according to the last year's measurements you may have filled out since then. Um, so he's got, he's got to fill out a little bit, but just in terms of pure athleticism and excitement, not a lot of guys are matching what you Howard's bringing to the table. How did his overall game? game look in terms of his skill and everything like that at this event?
1: I would say for Ja'Kai, um, I wanted to talk to him just because how much people really love this guy. Like the whole Overtime Elite community just raves about him, his work ethic, and some of the things that he can do. I mean, if for the people who are the naysayers of Overtime Elite, they say that they're just like a social media kind of like clubhouse a little bit. It might just be because all they're doing is watching the amazing feats of, you know, just freak of nature occurrences that Jakai Howard does on a night-to-night basis. Like, there's a poster of him at this facility that says "Jakai in the Sky," and I think that's just one of the the greatest nicknames for a basketball player in in all of basketball right now. He reminds me of Ricochet Maxwell, if I can yeah, kind of give it absolutely. back to the, like highlight of the night. Right, like mm-hmm. he might not be the top dog there, but he gets a lot of respect for the work that he puts in, and because he can just do stuff that nobody else can do on the court. Um the the, sh- the shooting was weird for such a high flyer. All of his misses were short, Maxwell. I don't know if that's like Very something odd. that you've that you've noticed or that might be something that I kind of like have of a pet project this year for like I want to see like where the biggest athletes in basketball like how their shots miss when they do because it, everything that he missed was short. And the shooting was not bad. It's just that it wasn't like over the top compared to some of these other guys either. Um, Very active defensively. When I see that he's listed at 6'6", I'm very surprised because he plays so much bigger on that side of the ball. The handle's a little loose and something that you would like to see uh, him improve on, especially considering that he's probably going to be like a wing slash forward at the Mm -hmm. highest level of wherever he's playing basketball. It's just that the handle is kind of wide. And high, uh, something that was kind of concerning, but you know he's he's just he's a very he's a very fun athlete to watch, and just a player that I think people are gonna kind of see some highlights of him and want to keep tabs on. But other than that, man, like I I don't know how how profitable his NBA prospects are, but he's probably gonna get looks in a lot of different pro leagues, and was a very um, you know fun guy to watch on the court.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good kind of starting point for him. And then obviously, like with all these guys, like somebody's not even in college yet. There's so much time for him. But I think that's kind of a fair place to start off with him. Cause I think sometimes yeah. people see players that are exciting and want to be like, oh, great athlete. He can figure it all out. And it's like there's there's a lot of skill stuff that, that's got to come along here. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um very interested to see kind of what he looks like throughout the year. Another guy who's class of 2025. Uh, is someone that I got to see in person last year on the, the Canada Elite Under Armour team. Afiosa uh really, really fascinating player. He's uh, just under 6'6, 6'9 wingspan, but already about 200 pounds. Like when I saw him in person, the biggest thing that stuck out was like he has the legs of an NBA player already. Like yep. just like the <laughs> lower half of his body. It's like, oh my God, that's like an NBA guy. Uh, but he was like 15 then. Uh, so he is really polished too like one of those guys who just like plays and looks so much older than he is uh very under control has a really good jump shot already that's like right where it needs to be very physical not afraid to to use his body and, and know what he's working with and and take advantage of smaller players because of it um not quite sure like what he is positionally cuz at least when i saw him he's not like the fastest player in the world, I guess he's kind of just like a, a big guard, like a big mm-hmm. a big two guard. <laughs> um, but yeah, very, very smart and very skilled already. How is he looking in Atlanta?
1: Yeah, I think the way that you put him positionally makes a lot of sense. And he was like a lot of his drills are with some of these other guards and like kind of um, wingier, like wing guard kind of hybrid guys. There's a few of them on this roster with that and Dos Santos is another mm-hmm. guy that kind of fits that same build where it's like, He's not going to be the quickest guy with the ball in his hands and I don't know if you even want him to be like the primary initiator but a very smart like complimentary piece. That's how I kind of feel about Efe, Afi Um defense was no problem for him. Like there was like you were not getting past him when he was guarding you on defense and that's something that stands out especially in a league where you know the offense is kind of like the the nature of the game. Um when you can stand out defensively that's big. If you're stopping some of these guards that are quick with the ball in his hands, that's huge. So, um, his defensive uh, prowess stood out to me pretty early on. Offensively, where I think that he's going to be kind of limited is like this primary initiator. Is like he didn't have a lot of east-west to his game, not a lot of wiggle, but very effective at using his body, like body positioning. Um, keeping keeping himself between the defender and the ball was pretty easy for him. Um, th- his vision was really good too. Like there were several times where uh, he was attacking the basket. People were um, forcing him to either shoot or make a read. And every time that he made a pass, it was on point and on time and on target. The shot was okay. Uh, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him while he's with overtime is getting that jumper to be where it needs to be. Um, but it, it felt consistent enough to where people were respecting him on that. He wasn't left alone or anything like that. And I think that'll really kind of bring out the, the, the ball handling vision that he has is if he can be more of a prominent three-point shooter, obviously that's going to open things up for him to be able to get past the defender a little bit. And the other thing that I really appreciated about him and what OTE is like encouraging him to do is Maxwell, like there was not another guard that was willing to set more screens or make cuts or rebounds or die for loose balls or anything like that. Like he, he made the, um, the, the garbage can plays and he did it you know, willingly. I don't think that there was anybody else who made more garbage time plays than him. So overall, I was really impressed with him uh, in terms of like defense and like these like high IQ level plays. I, the shot needs to needs to turn around and that's just based off of a, a one-off per, or one-off, you know, viewing on my part.
0: Yeah, so I don't know where it was like over the course of the last year. I know in Under Armour play on Synergy, the numbers looked solid. Um... But yeah, I I think there's just really something too, like you mentioned, like the intelligence, how smart he plays, but also just how tough he plays. And like, yeah. I just think with certain guys, so you, 24-7 as in uh, 29th in that in the class of 2025, I think like with certain guys, like when there is that combination of physicality, ability to process the game and skill and like you're that size, it's just like it's hard for me to not see it working out and I'm always yeah. very cautious about like with what I say about like younger players. Cause I think that's how you end up with, with the uh, you know, Amani Bates is the next Kevin Durant type of nonsense. But, absolutely, um, but I, I do think that if he continues to make strides there, this is a guy that we will be talking about is a, is a legitimate prospect in a few years. Um, like he, he kind of already is one in a way like he wouldn't overtimely Like isn't bringing <laughs> guys who aren't legitimate prospects in, in one no. way or another, but I really think he's going to hold his ground. Um, the next guy is a really interesting for one for me. So this is Renan Dos Santos, who you mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, he is draft eligible, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's going to be 20 on draft night. A uh, little over 6'5 with a 6'9 wingspan. It's a really good positional size for somebody who's going to kind of play the guard position. Played a smaller role on an NBB team, uh, which is Brazil's Pro League last year. Uh, he, he plays what I call soccer player defense. I love uh, this so this yeah. is a phrase that, that my dad would use. So it, 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 at the school I went to, we, we didn't have a football team. We had a soccer team, and the soccer team was really good. And like, you could always tell who the soccer players were because of how close they would guard you on offense. Like, it's just a different style of footwork. And like the guys who were like soccer players year-round more so than basketball players, you could always tell because they just pick like right up in your mug defensively all the time. And that's kind of how he plays defense. It reminds me of guys that that I played with in school that just didn't really like know how to play basketball, but it's like, oh, this is actually really effective. Like, you you don't quite know why you're doing this, but it, but it works. Um the playmaking gets a little bit wild for me Um, and the jumper is not there all the time, but at the, at the U 19s last time around it, it was going in for him. I'm a little unsure what to make of Dos Santos. Uh, I didn't see a ton of him. Like this is the guy that yeah. I, of this group I've probably seen the least of, it was just kind of a cram session for me on him. So what were your impressions coming out of, out of this for him?
1: I think the way that you just, first off, I love the, the soccer player defense, because Mm. I think the stigma would be like flopping immediately. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the way that you frame that just like turned it on its head for me, I was curious Mm -hmm. to see where that analogy was going. I left a lot of the same, like you, you summed it up beautifully. It's like, I didn't know really what to make of it, but there was a lot of good. I just don't know how good, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, if you know, uh, He's Brazilian, and it was funny. A lot of us that were sitting there watching and talking about, you know, what we're seeing, he plays like a Brazilian. I think, you know, when you think of Leandro Barbarossa, is that like that soccer player defense? He's like up in your stuff, and he's like constantly going hundred miles an hour. The Brazilian blur. That's what Ranan played like. He was again like the Brazilian blur reincarnated. Very frenetic, played very aggressive defense. Uh, took bumps on the way to the rim and was able to stay on his line like so when he's handling the ball and the defense is getting a little physical you can't move this kid off of spots and that was something that I really enjoyed seeing offensively like he didn't shy away from contact and it wasn't a lot of flailing or anything like that he was still going to convert on the shot and still draw a good amount of contact he balanced his offense very well I thought because he I wouldn't say that it's hard because Maxwell sometimes when you say a guy is unselfish, sometimes that's just a really cleaned up way to say like, he's afraid to shoot the ball or if you say <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he's just, he's just a chucker because he doesn't pass the ball. Like he balanced it very well to where it was like, he was not afraid to get his shot, but he also was like, not so um heliocentric, I guess, to the point mm-hmm. to where he was afraid to to make the, the hockey assist, right. To make the, the right pass. It wasn't just, I'm going to kick to the corner or I'm going to throw up a shot. Like he, he made the right basketball play more time than not. His passing was simplistic, but in like the best way, like I'm just saying, like he made the right read, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything wild, no whip passes or anything like that. The shooting motion was strange, Maxwell, a lot of uh, kind of shooting from the inside of his hands with his okay. thumb a little bit. But I think that that's something that could be coachable. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of really good um offensive minds within the overtime elite. But his finishing around the rim was good. I just think that the limitation for him is going to be where's the shot come from? Because he, yeah. he kind of gives me a, a little bit of the jazz Gortman vibes where it's like getting to the basket. No problem. Passing. No problem. Defense. No problem. Where's the shot. And ultimately that's where I think like his, uh, his draft stock is going to be influenced. The most is going to be from that jumper.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I feel like with Gortman, I was a little more wowed by some of the like flashes of playmaking and the handle stuff. And the defense where with Dos Santos, it's like. I, I just wish there was a little, I love the toughness. I love the toughness yeah. with him. It's just like, if he's going to be shooting like that with Gortman, it was like, oh, like he accused like he had this really good high school pedigree and stuff like that. Like I liked what I saw coming in a lot more than with Dos Santos. So it's, he's going to be an interesting player to keep an eye on. Um, we're going to take one final break and then we've got kind of the two biggest names left to go uh-huh. here. So we're going to get into them. So stay right here with us. We've got uh both Bryson Tiller and Carter Knox on the other side of the equation here. So stay with us. You'll we'll be right back. All right, let's get into uh Bryson Tiller. He was probably, the biggest name in the program. So he's a class of 2025 guy ranked fifth in that class per 24, seven sports. Another player to spilt like a man already, Uh, just under six foot nine, uh, seven foot two wingspan already 225 pounds. Uh, He is fantastic on the interior and has really good touch when it's not just like a a dunk finish. Uh, He's got some moves to get there as well. Has some mid post stuff another guy big strides to get to the basket. Not a lot of wasted time or space when he attacks. I thought he, he made some really nice 45 cuts like last season Mm -hmm. to, to kind of get himself some looks. He's not one of these guys that like, Oh, I don't have the ball. I don't know how to play. Like OTE kind of has allowed him to, to figure that out by putting him on teams with older players who are really good, uh, uses his body well to get places. Even if he's not the most like wiggly creator on an Island, uh, Shots of work in progress. At times, I think the base looked really wide last season. Uh, and then with physical profile, should be someone who's guarding a couple positions. Um, where did he, you kind of come out at this pro day? Kind of feeling about him because I think he's the person that just from the outside, like this to me was was the big name.
1: Yeah. Anybody who asked me a question about like who you here to see, who's who's the who would you think is the crown jewel of this event? You know, I was able to meet up with some some good friends of ours, supporters of ours from the no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they asked me because their their scout guy wasn't able to make it. And I told them, like, keep an eye on Bryson Tiller. He is the guy that you wanna that you wanna pay attention to. Again, was we wearing pink shoes, real easy to notice on the court. Like all the best players wore pink shoes. Again, I had the highest expectations of him. Maxwell, and the measurements don't do him justice, man. Like he is just he is very stoic in his presence. And I don't think that I've ever used that term for a basketball player before when I'm describing like the gravitas that they have when they're on the court. He's very stoic, very regal, presidential. He just like, he carries himself. Like he is going to be somebody in the NBA. Um, he had a hard time converting his shots during the runs though, which we're going to cover the reason why here in a second, when we talk about our next, our next prospect but even on the night where his shot really wasn't falling during the runs, he was still able to get to where he wanted to go due to his strength, due to what I would call an improved uh, handle. There was a few That's times, exciting, yeah, that it, it. I was excited to see that because he was able to get through traffic, and for someone his size, I was talking with several people and was like, "It's incredible how low his handle got when he got into tight spaces." It was, it was, it was next to him. It wasn't far away. And it was incredibly low. So him getting to his spots, I think, is going to be even more fun to watch this season. And the defense was there, man. Like, he was um, he was able to lock up a lot of people other than one other person. Um, And that matchup didn't last very long. But the passing was also subtly impressive. So when we're watching his handle improve, the looks that he made were good, which is also encouraging to see because I think there's sometimes this natural tendency where, like, I'm the man. I have to get myself involved, and there's also the other side of this coin where it's like, okay, he's getting locked up. He's afraid to shoot. He was still able to shoot, but he was able to get his teammates open, and he was making some very sound passes, very good decision maker on the court. I didn't leave disappointed in a lot of areas, and I'm still very excited for his pro prospects. It's just that the expectations might have been a little too high, and this is a player, Maxwell, when I went last year with Corey, Corey was like, Bryson Tiller is the guy to watch. And so like he put me on this guy, and I left away pleasantly surprised. I had probably ridiculously high expectations, but even though he didn't meet them, he was darn close. It's just that the shot didn't necessarily fall as much as I yeah. wanted it to. And I think the reason why the shot didn't fall is because he was defended by a really, a really good, talented player.
0: So let's get into... Uh, who I believe that player is, which was yes. Carter Knox. Uh, so he is the brother of Kevin Knox. Uh, he's a little over 6'6", half wingspan, class of 2024, range 14th in that class, but seems like coming out of this event, like he's kind of the guy that's on the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, he, a, another guy, good shot for his age, great body already, looks like a pro physically can create for himself a little bit and kind of get himself some space uh, in, in like the EYBL stuff I was watching of him Uh, really tough at the basket. Another one of these guys who just plays with a really high level of physicality, uh, but can also get up well off of one foot. I'd like to see some more kind of playmaking for others out of him in the games that I I have seen of him. It's been a little more self-creation and that's kind of it. Um, Again, I, I've not done a ton of work on him at this stage uh defensively he brings intensity and he's locked in can move his feet and he's difficult to move he's not a guy that like anyone's just gonna plow through um where did you kind of come out uh, this on him because again like I, I i always will admit like one of my biggest flaws as an evaluator is like getting ahead on yeah. these like high school prospects like i'm very much a guy who's like i'm gonna kind of see where they're ranked going into college and, and deal with it then so what did you kind of think a carter knox after getting the experience up close in person
1: and I think that you and I share um, that same, like, area of improvement for both of us. And this is, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm starting to get there. And Carter Knox, like, dude, so I told you how Corey was, like, Bryson Taylor is the guy that we want to watch for there last year. When mm-hmm. I told everyone, hey, I'm going to OTE, who are some of the guys you're interested in, Corey said, Carter Knox. So when Corey tells me, pay attention to this person, like, I listen to everybody, right? Like, you were big on that field, so mm-hmm. I so I was excited to see him. Corey mentioned carter knox i'm like all right so Carter course so i carter Knox some pay attention to carter knox um brother of kevin knox you know famous nick player right um shout out to all the nick fans out there he was the star of the day maxwell i think anybody who left that event that took to social media was like carter knox is the guy carter knox is the guy um he's very well built something that you and i both noticed like it's it's something that just popped when you see him in person too And and I think the film also does him justice. Like he is like a physically imposing cat. Um, The shot looked nice from the onset of the day. Like, I think that when, when the drills took place and he started shooting, like that was when we were like, okay, like this is the guy that we got to pay attention to. So he's doing these individual drills. Everything's going good. Um, And then they took, they take this break, right? Like before they get into the runs, they do all these individual drills. They got them all sweaty and, and ready to go. And they they go by and shake everyone's hands, which I think is just an incredible thing that like all the players come and thank the scouts and everybody for watching them. Carter comes by comes next to me. I'm like, hey, Carter, man, that shot is wet. He's like, oh man, you already know. So like he's feeling himself at this point. Run, and then he goes into him. the he goes into the runs and just kills it, man. Like I'm telling you that like Bryson Tiller is somebody who's gonna be somebody in the NBA. Carter Knox was given this dude problems like he's not as tall or as heavy but that man's like that young that young man's feet were just like on point all night long locking him up and then he was hitting shots over Bryce. And so i'm i'm telling you man that like he is absolutely like hands down the most exciting player that i that everyone's kind of like paying attention to coming out of this event I don't know if I'm allowed to do this name drop but I'm going to do it anyway cuz everyone knows that he was an attendant so Yeah. Bruce Pearl, you know, pretty pretty good basketball talent evaluator, I would say pretty big yeah. recruiter. I'm watching I'm watching the runs Maxwell and I got to the point to where I wasn't even watching the game. I was like looking to see who the guys who were there to recruit people are looking at. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching Bruce Pearl watch Carter Knox on off-ball mm-hmm. plays and possessions and stuff like that on both sides of the ball. And getting into it and getting excited, so it got to the point to where he was doing so good that I was like, people watching to see other people's reactions to how, to how they were processing everything. So he was just on one that night, man. And there were so many scouts talking to him after the game. And I'm not gonna like get into like which teams were interviewing him, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were asking for people who we want to interview, and like, we didn't get everyone that we asked for because teams are trying to recruit them to go play for their college yeah yeah, like yeah 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 that, and that's so. what matters to the kids and to the program
0: too they're there for the kids so
1: e- exactly so I'm telling you like every school and every scout that could talk to him at this event was in line to do so like this this young man is was on a whole nother level compared to everybody else that night man that's that's exciting to hear basketball future basketballs it's in good hands here so yeah. uh there are a couple of other
0: guys you wanted to just kind of touch on real quick who were who were those guys?
1: Yeah, so um, when when I'm like talking to people at the program, and again I'm like trying to give them the list of people who I want to talk to and stuff like that, and then I like, okay, well you guys are doing like all these great things for us. Is there anybody that you would like us to talk to to kind of get to know to maybe put their name out? The top guy was John Jackson, and I'll tell you, Maxwell. I know that you're big fitness guy, big body transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Team, mm-hmm. They told me that over the summer he picked up. Uh, weightlifting um this summer and i'll tell you if you watch the film from last year right so you notice like how big this guy was mm-hmm. maxwell he they said that he lost 50 pounds over the summer and it's just yeah. he is cog diesel like he is a grown man out there and he when i'm I, I i got a chance to talk to him and get to know him a little bit better um a lot of the people are over time, you, leader. Like this guy is going to be like big in China, like in a lot of places where a, a player of his stature, um, who's a who's an under-the-basket big man, but he mm-hmm. he sees everything incredibly well. It's just that he's yeah, going to be skilled. he's he's going to be limited because mm-hmm. of you know the athleticism just doesn't pop. But he's very strong. But I'm talking to this young man. And he's, he's just like, I, one of my favorite hobbies, and I'm not just saying this to sound good is like when I picked up weightlifting and I'm seeing these, like, uh, the reward that I'm getting for doing it, it's mm-hmm. addicting. So this gym young man yeah. is living in the gym now and he is a nightmare. Again, one of these dudes where you shake his hand, it feels like you're like picking up a bunch of bananas at a grocery store. He's just, he makes me feel small. He mm-hmm. makes me feel small. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to
0: see where, where he ends up. And then the other guy you saw, I saw that you had on the list here, was John Bull, who is somebody that I've kind of liked the the sunrise tape on. Um, just a gigantic human being, uh, yes. its center. Um, not part of the, the bull family that everyone thinks of when they think of, of big basketball players, but uh, also, but he is very good at basketball, like like mm-hmm. many of them. So uh, how is how is he looking out there? Because he's one of those guys where from game to game it can be kind of a little inconsistent but when he's keyed in it's it's very exciting he can really turn guys away through him because he's got like a seven, he's another guy was he a seven nine wingspan guy also yeah he's really dude, long
1: so he's he's a freak of nature he's talking about people who made me feel small you know like he he should not like he's not from this world he is tall and when you tell me that he's not a part of like the big bowl family like mm. he's like people are going to try to make that connection because yeah, he's very yeah, yeah. tall, very skinny um, very perimeter oriented now i'll tell you he was a l- a little bit um more sturdy and stronger than than i think that i was willing to give him credit for just upon first look uh, he's got a ways to go he is like, a very pro- projecty type of guy um the thing that i wish that he would do a little bit more and i t- told this to anybody who was sitting uh to sitting next to me is like i wish he, he would lift his hands on defense maxwell i think that you would like Metcalf is the resident defensive guru here at No Ceilings. He would be like, he would probably have got kicked out for his reactions to the defensive uh tendencies that Bull has. Like yeah. for someone who's as big as he is, like his arms just he never raised them on defense. And I'm just like, you occupy so much space and you would deter so much. But you know, still a young player, still, you know, getting used to you know, American style basketball game and things, you know, things like that. So I just think that he's interesting in the fact of his measurements, but he still has a little bit of ways to go. But again, like monitoring the A to B for a guy like this is gonna be incredibly fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it is so tough with with players that size when I think and even though like you play in the NBC where like it is a really high talent level, it can be tricky for their motor because it's just like it can come so easy at times yeah. it's like, well, I know I can just like flip on the switch. So sometimes you just kind of don't do it. And it it's, it, it's, it's very difficult for a player that size. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to see where things end up for him. I believe he's committed to Ole Miss already uh, as, as yeah. last I knew. So um, he's one of those guys where like he's going to have high major opportunities. And if, if Chris Beard's coaching there, I mean, the, the expectations are gonna be really high as far as what he's asked to do. So uh he's gotta he's gotta get ready, gotta get ready to uh to step up and step into a scheme where if you are not giving one hundred percent all the time, it's not gonna be very kind to you.
1: No, and I mean if especially it's going to Ole Miss where he's gonna be relieving guys like uh Jumarian Sharp and uh Cisse and people like that, like this guy's gonna have a defensive uh shoe to fill, so to speak. And yeah. If someone built the way that he is, you would like to see him a little bit more active on there. But I think what's more in vogue now, you know, mm-hmm. as uh, Sam Vecini likes to reference it as skill ball, and I love that. Yeah. Is like these guys who can dribble pass shoot at ridiculous heights at every position. I think offensively uh, that's where Ball's game is right now. And, again, he's stronger than he looks. Uh, he didn't yeah, get bumped off see. his spots very, very easily um, mm-hmm. in the paint by some of these other bigger, more physically imposing guys. The offense I think was there it's just how do you bring that level of intensity how do you unlock that from him on the defensive side of the ball
0: yeah and to, to your point about like the the physical end of it too like I, I think there is like some real toughness in there at times too which is like the other thing that I worry about anytime a guy is that big is like sometimes they can get moved around a little bit easily mm-hmm. or sometimes because like I mentioned earlier you can just come kind of easy like they get a little bit lazy with like, I don't really need to get the best post position. I'm just going to kind of lob up like a baby hook or whatever. And I, I think he's, he's proven at times that he can work through that. He'll deal with contact around the basket and things like that. So there's a lot of upside in him. I think I'm a little more bullish on, on bowl than other people are. I think there is like a real chance he, he puts it all together, but yeah, there are, there are some strides that need to be made. So um, any kind of final thoughts about the, the days, a whole or though to program before we kind of wrap it up here.
1: No, man, I just, um, first off, you know, I want to thank the the fine folks at OTE for allowing, you know, No Ceilings to continue to kind of grow in our relationship with them because I'm telling you, Maxwell, like, first off, the, the amount of growth at No Ceilings in, in general is very encouraging, and I just want to give a special shout out to all the people that are listening because when, when i got to overtime elite and you know I'm, I'm shaking hands i'm introducing myself to people are like oh i know who you are i, I listen to no ceilings I, I i read i read your stuff we had people Maxwell, who were like i listened to your to the aj store interview that you did and mm-hmm. like was able to talk to some some executives about it and stuff like yeah. that So i'm like that that's that's really cool man so mm-hmm. um it just stuff like this i think Gives all of us a, a boost of energy whenever you go to these live events and you're starting to talk with people about just basketball at large, but then about no ceilings and some of the things that we have going on and just some of the impressions that we get people, man. It's just uh it's very humbling. But, For you sure. know, the fo- the folks at OTE are they're they're the best man. I think that, you know, people would be surprised um in some of the stigmas that go. To go along with LTE would be would be washed away if you just kind of got in the building and got to meet people because the you know kind of smoke and mirrors of it, if you will, um, quickly go away once you step foot in that facility and get to meet the people. It's a it's a top notch organization mm. for sure. And, and I think to your point too, like we just owe such a big
0: thank you to everyone who who reads our work and listens to our work and supports our work. Like we've had so many opportunities that have come available to us because of our our listenership and our readership um so we can't thank you guys enough because we're getting to do so much cool stuff that like we never imagined we would be doing uh and a yeah. lot of that comes from having this base and, and having all of you here supporting us so we can't thank you guys enough we are so excited to kind of get into this draft cycle groove we're on, on this show in particular we're getting back into that weekly groove now going forward so you're gonna be hearing from us every single week as we lead up into the season and then every week throughout the season.
1: So what's the next show that we got, Maxwell? So what next
0: show. Yeah. So let me pull up our official schedule. I believe we're doing G league next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but let me pull that up. So we have. Yep. We've got uh yep. Show breakdown. Yep. G league ignite next week. So we're going to be hitting every single draft eligible prospect on the G league mm-hmm. ignite. kind of going through what we've seen already, what we want to see going forward. And then after that, we've got the NBL slash international episode. So many guys in the NBL that I kind of made it NBL slash whatever. And we've already got to edit this list because yes. uh Nicola Topic <laughs> is uh suddenly the most talked about Nicola playing for Mega this season, which I yeah did long not list of Nicolas. It. Yeah, yeah. This there could be four NBA Nicolas from the same team. Have there ever been four NBA? active NBA players with the same first name who came from one team mm. whether it be
1: college or international I mean like is the, there ever the chance Oklahoma like, city Thunder literally have two guys with the same they've got all the Jalen
0: Williams is but if there ever yes. been like a time where it's like there were four guys all named like Chris that played at North Carolina and now they're all in the NBA <laughs> like I feel like there's there's a real possibility for Megan to make history uh and then after that we're gonna do top freshmen top freshman part two top returners top returners part two and we're gonna be sprinkling in sleepers uh, throughout this entire year too so yeah a lot of fun up on the horizon so thank you all so much for joining us uh thank you for tuning into the inaugural draft sickos spread the word this show yes. is for the sickos by the sickos and we're here for you guys every single week so thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week